You're listening to the Cascade Gazette. My name is Noah B, and thank you for joining me. The Canadian special rapporteur on foreign influence, David Johnston, who Trudeau appointed to the role in March, had discouraged the idea of a public inquiry into the foreign interference of the past Canadian elections. To back this up, he touched on the insufficiency of the allegations as a result of false and uncertain intelligence. In addition, Johnston pointed out that many times in the past, the media had wrongly interpreted information that had been leaked to the public. While Johnston had seen differences when reviewing the more accurate intelligence, rather, he believes it is important to have some sort of public process to tackle this issue, just not in the form of an inquiry, which the opposition parties want. And for non-Canadian listeners, when I say opposition parties, I mean the parties that oppose the current federal Liberal government. When talking about a public process, Johnston hopes to find better ways to allow for Canada to prevent, oppose, and to have better awareness towards the occurrences of foreign interference in elections. When Johnston spoke about the irrelevance of a public inquiry, he had mentioned in his own words that public hearings on the serious governance and policy issues should and will be held. Just this Monday, Republican Senator Tim Scott had made his presidential bid apparent, but many may wonder who this new Republican presidential candidate is, and if he stands a chance against the other well-known Republican candidates, such as Ron DeSantis and former President of the United States Donald Trump. Well, Scott has represented the state of South Carolina for about 10 years now being the only black Republican in the U.S. Senate. In the past, Scott has brought his Christian evangelical identity into his platform, saying that he considers himself a biblical leader over a Republican or conservative, making him a candidate that could serve well for many conservative Christians dispersed across the country. One hope of Scott as president, if he becomes president, strongly defines his platform for many, which is that he promises to sign the anti-abortion law and to toughen up on abortion through legislation. And while this new candidate is running as a 2024 Republican candidate against Trump, he has made it evident that he was grateful to have Trump as a president, considering the policies he implemented during his presidency. Now, as of mid-May, he accounts for 1% of Republican primary voters. Now shifting from U.S. politics to U.S. natural disasters, on the U.S. overseas territory of Guam, Typhoon Mawar has posed a major threat to residents of the territory and to operating U.S. military there. In response, President Biden agreed to, emergen- to an emergency declaration. The Guam governor, Lu Leon Guerrero, has emphasized the importance of organizing resources, especially considering how far the U.S. overseas territory is from mainland U.S. She also made it clear that the residents residing in lower areas on the island must evacuate to higher elevations. The center of Typhoon Mawar hit the island of Guam Wednesday around 9pm local time, coming in as a Category 4 storm, but sources say that it has potential to be a Category 5, which was last seen on the island over 60 years ago. Aside from ensuring the safety of residents, This territory serves well for the U.S., specifically for their forces operating in the Pacific and for the 6,800 service members who have been allocated to the island. Typhoon warnings were also placed on the Northern Mariana Islands, also part of the U.S. Commonwealth. TikTok filed a lawsuit on the state of Montana on Monday following Montana's ban of the social media platform, which is to take place at the beginning of 2024. 
Their argument being that Montana has violated free speech rights and have based their decision around unfound allegations that the Chinese government will invade the privacy of users on the app, which the social media tried to make clear that this isn't the case, TikTok being owned by the Chinese parent company ByteDance. However, US officials aren't convinced that this is the case, also concerned about spreading misinformation to the public by the government. The state was also sued by some content creators who shared the same anger as the company. Now, Montana isn't the only state to take action regarding this matter. Other states, along with the federal government, have banned TikTok from government-owned devices. But Montana has banned users in its state from downloading the app. Penalties not applicable to those who already have downloaded it. So, those are the four stories that are the talk of the town for the midweek. But it's worth noting a few other stories that also made the headlines. President Biden and Republican Kevin McCarthy have had discussions on raising the U.S. debt ceiling, which currently stands at $31.4 trillion, and was reached on January 19th. But while talks have been productive, they haven't been fruitful, not being able to reach a deal. Now, for those who don't know much about this debt limit, it is to put a limit on the amount of money that U.S. is allowed to borrow to support the government financially. Now, because the U.S. spends more on the government than it can acquire from taxes and revenue, it needs this debt ceiling to limit the deficits. So in conclusion, at the risk of not reaching a deal, the U.S. will simply run out of money. Now shifting focus to Guyana. On Sunday night, a student was accused of setting a fatal fire to a girl's dormitory at a boarding school, one of the worst fires that the country has seen in recent years. It was said that the student, 16 years of age, lit a fire in the bathroom area part of the dormitory. 19 people were killed by the fire, many of those affected between the ages of 12 and 18. And now in India, there has been political disagreements between opposition groups and the Indian government over India's new parliament building, the opposition not wanting the president to open it. However, disregarding this request, Prime Minister Narendra Modi has scheduled May 28th as the day in which he will inaugurate it. This date is also the birthday of V.D. Savarkar a divisive figure to the opposition party and an adversary of Mahatma Gandhi. As a result, 19 opposition parties have made the decision to boycott this inauguration. And that's the news for you. This podcast episode contains information gathered from CBC, BBC, The Guardian, CTV News, The New York Times, The Globe and Mail, Al Jazeera, and Tribune India. Cited sources linked in the description. My name is Noah B., a grade 10 student, and thank you for tuning in to the Cascade Gazette. Until next time.